Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Lord, I've really been real stressed. Let's go ahead and bring in our two guests today. We're going to have a roundtable here today. Uh, we have two people who are elected officials here in Tennessee who I really appreciate the work that they do and we wanted to get I get get into a little bit more about what happened here in Tennessee so Senator Jeff Yarbrough Rep London Lamar how are you guys hey hey doing great Justin how are you are you doing great Jeff (laughs) uh yeah I mean I I mean I think that uh I think it's it's been a long time counting but uh, I think Joe Biden's going to be declared the 46th president of the United States pretty soon. And I think that is, that will be great news for America when it happens. Absolutely. How about you, London? How are you holding up over there? I'm holding up. I am just staying calm until I find out the results, not uh, getting too hyped about anything. Uh, I'm just prepared and thought about just how to move forward regardless. But I do think um, Biden will pull it out. So I share the same sentiments as Senator Yarbrough. Um, And so I'm looking forward to the last of the votes coming in. Um, I was listening to you earlier saying about, I am nervous about the transition of power and what that looks like for Tennesseans. And Mm -hmm. so I think um, for me, that's been more of a concern for me um, personally than anything else, especially as I'm confident that Biden's going to pull it out. I'm trying to think about as a state that Trump won overwhelmingly, what does the next four years in this state look like for us? And I think that's a totally different dynamic. And Mm -hmm. we really need to think about what that looks like. And especially for legislators like me and Senator Yarbrough, uh, as we go back to session, as we try to continue to push ideals that are going to further and better the lives of all Tennesseans, but yet it's constantly shown that not only our colleagues, but there's base fully support some of the most right mm-hmm. i mean i don't want to go too into no it, I, I do want you to right. go into that i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to you on that i do want to hear that i want senator yarbrough you know there was one pickup uh in, in the senate heidi campbell um the results though were pretty uh overwhelmingly pro trump and republican in in the state were you surprised like where where were your expectations going into it and you know how did this stack I mean, up so, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm always hopeful, but, uh, but uh, I've also been through a lot of close elections. And so uh, I don't, I don't think anybody should be, you know, shocked by what happened uh, in this, in Tennessee. Um, we had a ton more people vote this year, Democratic in Tennessee, like a, you know, yeah, a lot more, like more than a quarter million more Democrats showed up than last time. And given that we're starting from a small percentage, like, I mean, they the problem is like they were excited, too. Right. And um, and it's not like they ran out of people last time. <laughs> they had right. a lot of people, too. And as turnout increased, uh, you know, 
we gained a lot of vote. They gained a lot of vote. And, uh, you know, the final outcome, Trump didn't actually move his percentage in Tennessee, like at all, like not, you know, not a, not a bit. Uh, Biden did slightly better than Clinton, but really just kind of consolidated all of the third party vote that happened last time and grew. I mean, right. which, you know, given how much of that was like Republic, were, were former Republicans at that point, right? I was Evan McMullen and Gary Johnson having kind of some surges. And and so you you definitely can see that those people came and like they just voted Democratic this year. And I think you can see that uh, both we consolidated, we grew our numbers and mm -hmm. in a place that has been changing the quickest, which is, you know, sort of the district in Nashville that was already gerrymandered. Um, we were able to catch up with the gerrymandering after, you know, eight years, which is basically well, what that's, but, a, that's a positive the gerrymanders are sort of like, uh, you know, if they're not gone at this point, like they're pretty strong, like they're pretty good gerrymanders. You can, turns out you can draw a pretty good map, but like, I mean, that's something that I think people ought to always remember, you know, yeah. I mean, we're 38% of the state. If that's what we were in the Senate, we'd have 12 senators instead of six. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we would have like 38 members of the house. If Democrats actually represented the number of humans we represent. That's true. Not even right. humans, just voters. Right. right. And that's obviously uh, a big part, big part of the equation. Speaking of uh, the, the seats and the representatives, London, I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, this is a tweet from Senator Yarbrough about Tory Harris. Tory Harris will be one of two LGBT out LGBT out gay men in the legislature. Pretty exciting, pretty cool development. London, he's over in your neck of the woods. What do you think about Tory overtaking John DeBerry? You know, I know that was a very contentious race, especially the influence of the Democratic Party, but I've known Tory for years. And I wrote a status about him yesterday. I remember coming back to Memphis when I graduated college and coming back to Tennessee and getting involved with the Young Democrats and everything. And I said, Lord, if I ever had the opportunity to get to public office, I just hope that I'm not the only young person there. And so I built, everything I built is to support people like Tory, from the Young Democrats to the Gen X pack, to all of those resources we use to help Tory. So I'm elated to pass my title of youngest legislator to Tory Harris, who's younger than me by four months. And uh, that's, that's, that's what it's feels about. good. It, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I passed that. We we I saw him election night. And we talked about it and I gave him my unofficial crown. And Amazing. I, I'm just so elated to welcome here to the legislature, because a lot of times I feel like it shouldn't be this way. But I feel like I hold my generation on my shoulders It is my responsibility to articulate the concerns of a more progressive, younger gener generation in our future. And I finally feel like I have someone to join me in that fight. That's and great. it's amazing. And I think that progressive, we truly got to be intentional about mm -hmm. building a bench of leadership so that we can one day be in full control. And that's one thing I think the Republican Party has done well is build right. a bench. But this is the start of us getting it right now. Jeff, <laughs> uh, that's I think that's really great. Although you're not that old. Jeff. You're like my age, right? 
Just yeah, for the record. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I feel, I feel, I think I've aged a decade. Same. I mean, maybe 20 year olds. Like, I mean, just clearly not yeah. including me in that. So. I know. Well, I, I, yeah. I was feeling, that's, that's feeling cool. old there with you as that was well, happening. She got for anything this year. I do want to ask you guys about the people on the other side of the aisle. We were talking about this before you came on. Uh, there have been a couple of people who have helped contribute already to the misinformation. Rep. Tim Burchett, uh, Jeremy Faison is, you know, trying to defend the lawsuit, saying basically that people aren't in the room counting. Uh, what have you seen? And, and then there's Brian Kelsey, who's over uh, where London represents in, in the Shelby County area, talking about stealing elections. Uh, what do you think the responsibility is of? these legislators to not do stuff like this in this moment right now, Senator Yarbrough. I mean, there's definitely a public responsibility not to spread misinformation, (laughs) not to, you know, fan the flames of something that's just deeply anti-democratic. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think anything I, I'm sure I am, uh, I'm in Zen mode right now. If like, (laughs) if you're not actually presenting real information, about the election, like, and you're just throwing conspiracy theories. Like, I don't, I don't even see that stuff right now. Right. So, I, you know, I'm trying to ignore it. Uh, look, I mean, it's it's been a bad four years for. Uh, I, you know, I couldn't go home for Thanksgiving if I didn't love a few Republicans. Mm-hmm. And like, we need the Republican Party to be a responsible, conservative, like. Cons- part of our politics. And, you know, I think it's been a bad four years for that. I am hoping that we can turn the corner and make that a little bit better. Um, And I think the faster that people on the other side figure out that that's not the right way to, to, to actually try to govern a country or win elections, I think the better we will be that, that I think there's a lot of like, We'll yeah. See. Well, Cassie, you, you and I, we've talked about, hey, can I- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, we I talked just- about that. There's, that there's a lot of these, the bad ones are gone. You know, a, a few of them lost. Van Huss is gone. Holt's gone. The Hill brothers are gone. So maybe there's a new direction. Go ahead, Lennon. Oh, I, hopefully maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely second everything Senator said, but I just want to also add that I also think they need to be a little bit more responsible in this time, just because, of people's fear of their safety. And since this whole stop the counting things, you've seen yeah. Trumpers bomb rushing the count, the count locations, you know, people worried about me- uh, weapons, um, counters, uh, lives are being threatened, and you are flaming that fire. And this is beyond mm-hmm. your own political views and propaganda. This right. is people's safety. And what we have seen is, is that the Trump uh, camp is emboldened and is and it's acting on these and people are legitimately scared. And so I, I expect our leadership on the other side to, of course, appeal to your base, but do that in a way that's responsible. You keep people's feelings and thoughts and safety in right. mind. And that is what I don't appreciate about that. Um, because, again, it goes back to what I talked about earlier, this transition of power, what that really looks like. Yeah, and um, I, right now, no one feels good about that. And as elected official, yeah. we have an obligation to make our constituency, whether they're Democrat or Republican, feel safe. Yeah. yeah, what do you what do you both think about that? Like Justin and I were just talking about, you know, moving forward, we don't want to see a Trump 2.0 ever happen. And uh, at least the way that I feel about it is, um, 
you know, and it's it's tough here in Tennessee. I know you you both do this in the legislature every time you're up there, um, but just kind of on a more national scale as well. Just like how how do we move forward and come combat? I don't know if that's the right word to use, but like combat that as effectively as possible. Um, you know, without allowing you know that or without like like just without allowing that ideology to grow and hopefully to push it back a little bit, you know, as, as, as much as we possibly can, just because it's, you know, it's, it's really dangerous. And as you're saying, it's making this transition really difficult. It's conspiratorial and, um, and it's cost a lot of lives already. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is like, uh, I think Democrats have to be tough and fight back, but I also think we can't become what we're opposed to. Like, I don't want to be trafficking and disinformation. No. And, <laughs> you know, just existing on sort of tribal hatred where I'm trying to convince people of, of that their positions are something entirely different than what they are. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'll, I'll still vote for our team, but like, I, I just don't, I don't know, like, why, like, why are we doing this if, if, if that's our goal to, no, to no, no. Kind of stuff. And I don't think that, I don't think that's why. Trump's growing, right? I think we also have to be serious about the fact that, look, there are lots of people who don't trust us. And a lot of that has to do with Fox News and like what Trump's done. But a lot of it's that we need to go more places, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like we, we need to have like way fewer conversations about like how to talk to people you know, in like like white working class areas or how to, you know, how would we, you know, get, uh, you know, people of color who haven't been registered to, to, to register and vote. Like we need to start doing that and stop talking about it. Yeah, totally. Um, But you know, I I just, just, thing that I looked at uh, like, and it was sad, actually, I saw this, that there are a lot of people that answered the, you know, just the polling question about, you know, who cares about people like me? And like, they don't think that we do. Mm-hmm. And like, right. that's not true that's very real. at all. Like, I mean, I know yeah. like working with London lurking with almost everybody, like we really do care about, you know, trying to improve life for everybody in the state. And I think we've got mm-hmm. to actually demonstrate that to people. Right. A big part of that seems to be that they don't hear from us enough right. and, you know, finding ways to get it out in front of them. It's not easy. But, you know, I, I do think that there's an effort to do it. London, you know, when you when you started in the legislature, you had some incendiary things to say. I won't repeat it, but unless you want to. But uh, I'm wondering. I agree with them, by the way. I'm, wondering, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and refute it, but I'm wondering if, you know, the past couple of years or even the past couple of days have colored the way that you view the state at all one way or another, if it's to affirm your feelings or, you know, make you change the way that you <sighs> see it so i mean we could talk about it it's, it's worldly news but yeah. <laughs> uh you know i started the legislature off um you know calling tennessee races based off the 2018 results based on some of the things that were said p- people supported um and it made it really hard for me as a legislature my first legislator my first year and throughout my first session even though that being used an excuse to get things done we got them done but after everything that's happened over the course of the last two years with Cassida and, you know, the things that's been said, the Donald Trump's, um, the protest bill, um, all of these different, the, the, the voter the, registration, the, the KKK bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Going. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so much. You Fried chicken like, jokes. Go ahead. Sorry. 
it just kind of reaffirms that we do have a racism problem in Tennessee. Yeah. And while I could have been more eloquent in how I said it, and I've learned now, the problem is, no, every Republican isn't a racist, but every non-racist is a Republican. And so that's the problem. And we what we have found out is that from this Trump administration is that racism is not a deal breaker for people when it comes to what type of leader they support. And that is also frustrating because it reaffirms this system of oppression we continue to talk about. When we talk about these systems and what you're pushing aren't working for us, and there's another way we can do it, and then you reaffirm by saying, so, you know, right. I'm going to vote this way anyway. And then for these 2020 results, like, more people came out for Trump? Like, over 500,000? Mm-hmm. Really? Like, <laughs> it's obviously, and he's the most, in my opinion, one of the most least qualified presidents we've seen in modern history. The most, one of the most divisive presidents we've seen in modern history. Easy. One of the most scandalous, cor most corrupt presidents we've ever had in modern American history. And for him to have more support in Tennessee lets me know as a legislator what type of people I'm working with. Right. Um, Senator and Yarbrough, so it is frustrating. Sorry. But what I think yeah. we have to do is focus on where we're winning. And so mm -hmm. you are winning in places like Nashville and Memphis and our urban enclaves where we can mm -hmm. change the system through 2022, focusing on the district attorney race, countywide, right. making sure our county commissions and our city councils are more progressive, making sure that the legislators and the bodies of government who are in these urban enclaves are becoming more progressive as we've been spending money in Gabby and Jerry's race and mm -hmm. Andrea Bond Johnson. So I think for us, yeah, I'm frustrated, but I'm also like, okay, how am I going to rewrite this strategy in order for us to be more effective in amending and building on the lives of Tennesseans who oftentimes are feel as if they're disenfranchised? And then how, like, as Senator Yarbrough said, we're going to continue to have those conversations in those areas where we see there's some progress, but it's not there yet. And, it, and a lot of those are our rural areas too, especially right. West Tennessee. I mean, they went Trump but there's still Democrats voting out there. And we just got to do a better job at getting our message out. Um, we also got to be able to do a better job of building on a new base. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. We're not going to convince yep. any of the current people to change their minds. They let us know two days ago that they <laughs> are. Sure to do that. Along, along those lines uh, in the race that Heidi Campbell was in, yeah. uh, there was an ad that the TNGOP put out that was sliming Gideon's army and using mm -hmm. that to attack Heidi Campbell because she stood with them. And then this was a statement put out after the race. They said they tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. Congrats, Heidi Campbell. And, you know, that just seemed like a pretty blatant example of, frankly, racism, using racism to attack somebody, trying to paint a nonviolent group as violent and extremist. Senator Yarbrough, you know, I I'm going to sort of ask you similarly, but you know, what, what is your sense of that as an issue with the GOP? And, you know, is it more that they just, they don't really understand or, or put enough value on the feelings of their black colleagues? Is that the problem? Or, you know, do you see it more as blatant racism? Well, so, I mean, I, you know, I think it's, I think London, you know, hitting in the head in the right direction saying like, I, I certainly don't think that all Republicans are racist. I think that Republican campaigns have learned to actively and aggressively use racism. 
And like, it's just all there to it, right? Like, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, a US Senate candidate who speaks fluent Japanese, like couldn't pronounce Sethi, right? Like, I mean, there's some performative stuff out there that's <laughs> right. sending signals yep. that's just ridiculous. And it's, I mean, it, and we should all be embarrassed by that because it's, it, it's a terrible reflection on the state. I mean, I think the Gideon's army thing, part of this is like, you have to prove that this stuff doesn't work. I mean, the Gideon's army thing totally blew up in their face and yeah. cost Steve Dickerson votes in Nashville. Interesting. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, that's just, you know, like I know too many people personally who changed their vote based on that and gave wow. money based on that and volunteered based on that. Like it was a real misstep. And, but that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like if people don't pay for it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I think, I think we're struggling as Democrats right now, not because we're not pleased with the outcome, right? Like if you had told me two months ago or six months ago or four years ago that this is where we would be, like I'd be looking at this map possible to, you know, uh, you know, and heading towards uh, this outcome, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of democratic votes. It's a lot of democratic states. Um, I, I think it's still painful for us to, to realize that, man, even after all of this, y'all are still with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, that, like, it, it feels like nothing matters. Right. And you're like, I mean, he not only like botched COVID, he got it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like had the worst debate performance, got impeached, were, you know, first person to lose jobs since the Great Depression. I mean, it's hard to have and, as many failures that are objective, like yeah. historic fact failures as this president has. This is just and, in like, case nobody believes you on that. And for, and for most people, like, like you know, so, yeah, it's, it, it we're just... Well, you know, if all we're doing is just counting, like how many people fit into each demographic group and like instinct base, like that's really not no way to govern a country. And like, is, is there a chance? And, that. you know, I'm not asking for an actual answer here, but just maybe your gut, you know, is there a chance that this really motivated all these people, woke up a bunch of Democrats? And then when he's not on the ballot anymore, his sort of excitement fades away, but Democrats realize they got to stay awake. You know, yeah. maybe that's kind of how the big change is. Like, you know, we, we saw, we saw what happened when we fall asleep, we don't fall asleep again. You know, eventually he's not going to be on the ballot anymore. Like maybe that's how change comes. I, I, look, I think that there's, I think you're onto something. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm watching a lot right now. Um, I mean, given my personal feelings about Donald Trump and I assume those of the people <laughs> that are, that are largely watching this, it's hard to recognize like what's talented about him. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, he is able to be sort of offensive and push and do all of the divisive stuff at a, at a crazy high level while being mildly entertaining to most people. Mm -hmm. Like for a lot of people, they don't think he's a threat because they think he's full of it. Right. Or because they're they, white. You know, the whole, like, don't take him seriously. Take him, you know, that seriously, not literally, literally, yeah, whatever, whatever nonsense that is. I, I mean, I think he was, people thought he was fun to watch. Yeah. Like when, when Tom Cotton oh, or Josh Hawley or Ben Sass tries to do that same thing, 
like it's not going to have the same like right let's hope not (laughs) well owning the libs has become their like number one platform Mm -hmm. priority and he's you know that's his thing so that's that's what they need london uh, you know we're, we're talking about responsibility and leadership and you know i can't have you guys on here without talking about what's going on in tennessee with covid uh you know this is senator yarbrough's tweet talking about county by county response we're a hot spot you know there was just another white house recommendation to tennessee saying to stop gatherings outside the house he won't impose a mask mandate shelby county's been hit pretty hard what do you think about the way Governor Lee has punted to the county mayors and really not done a whole lot of anything to deal with the situation that we're in? It sounds like the Republicans Party's typical um, skills of lacking accountability and not taking any personal responsibility. Um, and that's what you're seeing with this COVID thing. Like, I mean, for me, it's, it's almost as simple. Just put on a mask. Like, right. you just put a mask. It's going to kill you not to put on a little mask that's it like but you don't want us to protest but you can't put on a mask yeah you're scared of the folks outside of legislative plaza but you're not scared of covid they'll actually kill you you scared of a bunch of teenagers but not a deadly disease okay um i think my personal opinion is that more disadvantaged and oppressed communities are the ones most impacted by covid and until it hits their community the way it hits ours, then you'll understand. And that's just what I think that the thought process is yeah. behind many of them. But what I would like to see is all of us do the responsible thing, the governor and the legislature period, is just to implement a mandatory mask mandate in public places that will significantly reduce the spread of COVID. That's, Senator, I mean, Senator Yarbrough, really is it simple. is it that is it that simple? And you know, let's say you were governor one day. Let's just <laughs> hypothetically say that. Uh, you know, w- w- is a statewide mask mandate something that we should do? And you know, what are what are a couple other things that maybe you think he had, has misstepped with? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously I, something we should do. Like the number, I mean, you can just look at the county by county numbers or the state by state numbers. And it's obvious that it would have saved a ton of lives. I mean, the biggest mistake that we've had in the country and in the state is that somehow we've let the, you know, reopening the economy and being safe from a global pandemic be opponents. Right. And it's the same thing. That is uh, tied together. Completely crazy. And the people that have done, have used that, have screwed up both the economy and the health. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can look at states that have like actually done the right order and they're in better shape on both counts. And that's mm-hmm. where we should be. But I think that we as Democrats like probably like jump like we we let that develop, too. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think every you know, I think a lot of the time that we're in the legislature, we're trying to pull things out of like the MSNBC Fox News vortex mm-hmm. like where you know, if it's, if, if we're just deciding like what we, th- you know, what this team thinks about this and what that team thinks about this, like you can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. And a mask is, should be the, it's idiotic that that's partisan in any way whatsoever. Right. And I think you make a good point. You know, uh, they, 
they sort of painted Democrats as anti-business. And, you know, we could have been a lot more vocal, I think, of being pro-business and pro-health at the same time. Like those two things. Tying those together. Tying those together. And, you know, Tennessee has been hit as hard as, I think there are three states that have been hit hardest. It's Tennessee, Hawaii, and Nevada, because those are all the tourism states. Yeah, you know, economically. Health and business have always been on the same side of this argument. Like I can't go watch a movie the movie right now. Yeah. Not because there's any law that stops it, but because Regal knows they can't get customers. Right. Mm-hmm. They closed literally every theater. Right. Right. I mean, it has nothing to do with what the rules are. It's yeah. about making people feel safe. And if you make people feel safe, you can open up a lot more of the economy. Right. And also London, it's about setting an example. I mean, you know, Governor Lee spending millions of dollars to encourage encourage people to wear masks. Meanwhile, we see pictures of him all over the place not wearing mm-hmm. masks. Something so basic that he probably thinks isn't that big a deal. But to me, that is a very big deal. And because word, word gets around, free. mask mandates free, and and you know people see it, and and definitely people, especially in rural Tennessee, will be like, "Well, governor's not wearing a mask. Why am I going to wear a mask?" Like that's yeah. how that that that's how that works. And Same he with Trump. Seem, and he talks about personal responsibility, but you know. Where is his, right, London? Look, all I got to say is I think that as a governor, you have an obligation to take the health and safety of all tenancies in consideration. And you got to be able to determine through discretion when is it an appropriate time to go ahead and implement policies that, yeah, everybody won't like it, but it's for the greater good. And that is what I'm hoping we can see from our administration that we haven't seen. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys both yeah. for joining us. If you guys have any parting words here, I'm, I keep glancing over to see if we have a new president yet. I don't think we do. Uh, <laughs> it's be a minute. But we're on the verge of it. I think it will be today. And uh, that's so. a pretty exciting thing. So, you know, as some parting words, Senator Yarbrough, any thoughts for us as we, you know, maybe get some relief from this four-year nightmare? Yeah. Um, so, like, turn on something else. You know, impossible. Like you, you literally don't have to be on Twitter. I mean, I'm not following it. Did my wife put you up to this? Like, have you, you seen the holiday? Did my wife tell you to do this? Watch Mandalorian, go for a walk, you know, spend some time with your family. Like, it will, like, and, and you can check in every couple of hours and things will be all right. <laughs> but I think, I think more importantly, I think there are a lot of people who wanted this to be a repudiation. They wanted this to be like the election that saved democracy so that we can, if, if you think you can go back to like a calm world where we're spectators mm-hmm. of democracy, like that's never the way it works. Like it got broken because we thought that um, this is uh, democracy takes action from people all the time. And that's why, like, I love these people that are counting votes in Maricopa County, you know, versus the people who've been called off the sidelines, you know, from their cable news, you know, warriors. Like, those are the people who make democracy work every day, every year. And, like, we need more of them. We need to become, you know, better at, at building that and pulling people in the system to, to make that real all the time. And just before we get a final thought from London, I just want to say, like, you know, it's hard to beat an incumbent president. He's going to beat him by like 
four to eight million votes in the popular okay. vote. Popular and he actually yeah. might beat him pretty handily electorally too when yeah. all is said and done. So even though this happened slower than we would have liked because of absentee ballots and the pandemic that we're in and the way this unfolded, it's not off the table yet that this is actually a pretty big repudiation. So I just want to get that out there. London, what, what do you? what's your final word for, from you? Uh, I was just saying, I agree with Senator that just take care of yourself. I know I am. Take care of your mental peace. We don't know what things will look like, even though I'm confident Biden will come out. And But we're not unsure about the transition of power. So mm -hmm. love all the people you can. Take care of yourself. Mask up. And just know, enjoy the holiday season. But the work is not done, at least for us and Senator Yarbrough. In 2022, if we're concerned about the governor and all of Red Tennessee, that's the year that we can make the most impact. So Absolutely. enjoy your break. And do either of you have any do either of you have any announcements that you want to make right here on the holler? I'm just gonna leave <laughs> you three seconds right here, just in case. No, okay. All right. Thank you both for coming on here. And uh <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Maybe soon. All right, we'll take care. All right, Senator Yarborough, London Lamar. Yeah, good people fighting the good fight. Yeah, it was it was good to hear from both of them on their perspectives on all this. And I, I really also just uh, um, resonate with what London was saying about the uncertainty of the next few months. I think we just got to take it one step at a time. And um, and with regard to the results here in Tennessee, I mean, I know that I'm disappointed about a lot of these state house races and some of the you know other state Senate races. But um, but I was talking to, to Afton actually yesterday about how we didn't lose anything if it, yeah. we, we gained, you know, we gained Heidi Campbell and we got Tory, which is yeah. much better than the, well, yeah. well, you know, DeBerry it's, and, it's, and we didn't lose anything. We, we no, retained Gloria seat and it's a really good point. A lot of others. I, I really think like, you know, Trump is there's, he's got a flock, a loyal flock, obviously. And mm -hmm. a lot of that is why Republicans are showing up, but I would be, willing to bet that when these waves both they're both going to subside a little bit like mm -hmm. you know they're we're going to have fewer voters in the midterms next year always. you know in, unfortunately in always but you hope not I, will say, but... <laughs> I feel like because of the nature of how things have gone mm -hmm. and because of the nature of what's inspiring and motivating people i feel like their wave may subside a little bit more than ours and you know I that's sort so. of the hope because i don't think we're going to get like you know the, the numbers aren't going to go up it's the question now of like how far down are they going to go next time yeah. around and you know is the in way the of, yeah. uh, in the midterm right so right, right. i just hope people are awake now for a good long period of a time long like understand we have what it takes. And Angel says, let's talk about Corey Bush and AOC. Yes, we've expanded. I I, I got to say, I got to um, jump on that as well. Angel, I'm glad you brought that up because just nationally, you know, it is, it is such a bummer that we lost some of the house seats that were in dicey districts, but you know, yeah, well, what, what I'm saying is like, you know, because we gained a lot in 2018, yeah. but then we lost a few of them in some of the more moderate districts. However, we are expanding the squad, you know, yeah. with Corey Bush, Jamal Bowman, obviously the, the original squad, they all won their reelections. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really, really showing that, um, you know, running on platforms like that is is a winning message. And I think that we just have to figure out ways of, of making that a, a winning message down here. Well, and what they were talking about expanding yeah. the electorate, I think is a big part of that, which takes a long time. Progress takes time. You're right about that. One of the things that I'm hearing from more moderate Democrats is that it's possible that Biden uh, didn't win by as much as he could have because he was too progressive. 
So I would be on the lookout for that talking point because Hilarious. that seems to be what's coming from more moderate Democrats. It's like, oh, see, he got too progressive. Biden. And I know Who is saying and this? to me, that's like some outrageous pretzel logic. Who is to, saying this? Uh, it's, I've see seen it in multiple places. You have to send it it. I, I believe you. I just want to see it. That's ridiculous. I'll show it to you on Twitter and also in my like group threads <laughs> with my friends. Oh, man. You know, they've Yikes. sent me stuff and it's like, <laughs> oh, they're looking for ways now to, you know, we got our president. Now we need mm. to make sure no progressive agenda gets passed. And so that's, that's that why they're talk- happy about the Senate. Exactly. About what might happen with there the are Senate, definitely you know? Democrats that are happy that there's potentially a split Congress, and you know I just think first of all it's not backed so up by data like you know progressives and progressive uh, policies passed in this election like mm-hmm. you know even well, even in Florida, Florida exactly right. where they fifteen dollar minimum wage and Montana with weed weed <laughs> uh, Oregon passed Oregon. like legalized drugs in days, general. But- you yeah. know, uh, New Jersey got weed, Mississippi got weed. Like, so, you know, that's not the lesson to take from this. The lesson to take from this is to lean more into progressivism. Right. And Medicare when for me, all exit polls on Fox. 70%. Like, and, you know, when people ask me, do I think Bernie would have won this election? Yes, I do. I still do. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I know that, that there are people that will say, oh, you know, we needed Biden to get that blue wall in the Midwest, but oh, and think, we lost seats. Like they were complaining about, and, and like, they said that he ballot. was good for a down ballot. Exactly. So didn't happen. The, the amazing thing and the depressing thing about this process I'm not is happy you about never that. actually know what happened and why, and you're always sort of flying blind and guessing. But it's also got to be the exciting part. Is on their eyes, though. It is, and it's mainstream it in a lot of ways. So I hope people will continue to lean into it and the fight is nowhere near over it's just beginning so i think we all know that anybody that's still watching us right now probably already knows (laughs) that uh if you are watching and if you're not plugged in definitely get like you know get organized and we might be looking at a senate win in january angel's right about that and you were saying that people are already volunteering they're planning on volunteering yeah. in the runoff down in Georgia. So if we'll you're post in, about volunteer options if, yeah. if you're able to go or or to help online. There are ways to help online too. Absolutely. If you're interested in going down to Georgia to put some legwork in, let us know. The devil we'll, goes we'll, down to Georgia. We'll send you to the right places. And then uh, Joel Alex is asking, what's our state strategy? How do we get mm. momentum? <laughs> if we had the answers for that, we'd be rich here, Joel. But We need I, to have I a guess, whole conversation as, about that. I, right. As Maddow says, watch this space. And uh, we'll we'll try to help uh, push that forward best we can. Thank you guys for watching this. We'll be back Tuesday and Thursday, hopefully with a new president here at the Holler Hour. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks.